Hey, it's PC and welcome to our second online Sunday. We're so glad you've joined us today and we're really trusting it's going to be a special time together. If you're new with us and not usually a part of SBC, we would love to know who you are and we'd encourage you to head over to our guest form, introduce yourself and someone on staff will get hold of you in the week ahead. I've got three things to remind us of this morning. The first thing is about our church database. We phoned our way through the entire church phone directory this week. So if you did not get a call from us, it means we don't have your correct contact details. We would love it if you drop us an email at info at sbc.za.net so that we can correct that and make sure that you stay updated with everything going on in the next few weeks. The second thing I wanted to say is that we gave you the opportunity to sign up for a text group. We've been hard at work setting those up this weekend and so you should receive your first uh, welcome message to your text group by tomorrow. So if you haven't heard from someone on a text group and you wanted to be a part of one, please would you let us know uh, by Tuesday and we'll make sure that we add you into one. And the third thing I just wanted to remind you of as a church this morning is to please continue to support us as a church. Giving is something that we do in response to God as an act of worship. I don't have offering bags to send around today, but um, we're trusting that you will continue to donate to the church via EFT in the season, continue to be a part of the work that God is doing in our church, and continue to be a part of the work that God wants to do through our church into our city and help us fulfill that mandate to fill our city with the gospel and glory of Christ, even though it might look a little bit different at the moment. I'm not going to pray for us this morning. Instead, I'm going to hand over to one of our elder couples, Dave and Annie Kettles. They're going to pray for us, and then we're going to spend some time in God's Word with Matt uh, preaching for us this morning. Over to Dave and Annie. Hi, SBC. Fantastic that you've decided to join us in this virtual church service this morning. Isn't it great that we're part of a family that even when we're forced to be physically separated from each other, we're still united because we celebrate together what Christ has done in each one of our lives. In my moments with Jesus this week, I read Psalm 57 verse 1. It says, In you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. What an amazing verse in our current circumstance. It was a great encouragement to me and a reminder that when I'm feeling anxious or afraid, I need to choose to run to Jesus. Let's pray together before Matt shares more of God's word together. Lord, thank you so much that when we are children, we really never can be alone. Your word says you will never leave us or forsake us. And that means that you know our circumstances and you're right there in there with us. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us by your Holy Spirit. We look forward to hearing your heart for us. May your word encourage us to continue to share the hope that you have given to us. Please be with us now. In your name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, and Matt, over to you. Hi everyone, welcome to our second Sunday Online, and especially a warm welcome to anyone who's joined us for the first time today. Um, I hope today's message is special for you. Um, what I want to talk about today, or the title of my message, is called The Only Thing That Matters. And uh, I got that title from a verse which I want to read you today from Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Uh, which says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Uh, or you can translate that uh, last line going, The only thing that matters is faith working through love. So I want to talk to two groups of people today. The first group, and maybe you fall into this, is the coronavirus has shaken you up. Um, you wouldn't really consider yourself a believer 
in Jesus yet, but these crazy times have, have made you really open to seeking God. And if that's you today, we just want to welcome you here. We hope this message is meaningful and helpful for you. The second group of people I also want to address and encourage today are those who maybe um, uh, have been Christ followers for some time. You're certain of your faith in Jesus. And I really hope as, as, we, as we tackle the scripture together, it's going to build up your faith too as uh, we face this lockdown period together. So today I want to talk about something called the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a wonderful thing about Galatians 5 or 6 because essentially it is the gospel in a nutshell. Uh, if someone asked you, what is the Christian faith all about? You could answer them with this one line. It, it is all that matters is faith working itself out through love. And that's what Christianity essentially is. It's faith in a person called Jesus Christ being worked out through love. And so uh, I don't want to take anything for granted today. I recognize some might be familiar with the term gospel. Um, some might have heard the term gospel before. You're not quite sure what that means. Um, but really, just in essence, the word gospel means good news. And we need some of that right now, don't we? Yeah, we do. Uh, why is it called good news? Why um, would those who wrote scripture, the New Testament, use the term gospel or good news? Well, essentially, the gospel is what separates the Christian faith from every single other faith in the world. You see, in essence, every other faith in the world will say you need to do these things in order to reach God or become God or a God, depending on what your definition of God is. The gospel says this. It says, this is what God has done to reach you in Christ Jesus. So I'm just going to repeat that again because the two are vastly different. Every other faith in essence in this world says these are the things you must do to reach God or become a God or become one with God. The gospel says this is what God has done to reach you in Christ Jesus. And that's radical. It's radically different. Another way of putting it is saying other faiths or creeds will tell you how you must earn your salvation. The gospel tells you how to receive salvation as a gift. And friends, that is why it's called good news. Now, I want you to just push pause for a moment. We're going to come back to Galatians in a few minutes. But I want to tackle a question which I'm sure many of you may have been asking as you've been pondering and working through this coronavirus crisis. And it's the question that goes like this is, why would God, if he says he is good, allow something as terrible as the coronavirus to happen? Say it again. Why would God, if he says he's good, allow something as terrible as the coronavirus to happen? And I don't want to um, hide from the fact that that question forms a part of a bigger question which the church has been wrestling through for about 2,000 years. But there are three things that we can be certain about in answer to that question today, or that form part of the answer. And I want to share them with you today. The first is this, is trouble is always used by God to test what we build our lives on. I'll say it again. Trouble is always used by God to test what we build our lives on. In other words, where we find our security. You see, Guys, there are a lot of counterfeit gods out there. And um, it takes these crises to shake them so that we see what they really are. And the world, human, humankind's look to money, they look to power, look to prestige as to safeguard their lives. But when things like the coronavirus hits, one thing you see is that none of these things are able to prevent you from getting the virus or ultimately from death. And how easily these things are shaken, right? And I want to point out to you, to you today that... Um, one of the side effects of the coronavirus is perhaps you're starting to take God more seriously. Maybe you wouldn't even be watching this video if it wasn't for the virus. 
maybe there has been a heritage of faith in your life where you suddenly through this crisis have gone, I've got to take God more seriously. And friends, I want to say again, the first thing that we can see in, in facing this crisis is that trouble is always used by God to test what we build our lives on. It's a wake-up call. The second is this, is that God not only cares about your body, He cares about your soul. And guys, you are more than just flesh and blood. You have an eternal part of your nature. It is called a soul. And your body is only going to be around for a few years, but your soul is going to live forever. And we tend to neglect our soul to our peril. And what this coronavirus is doing is it's fast forwarding what we have to think about, which is our own mortality of when this body ends, what's left. It's our soul. What happens after death? And none of us like that conversation, but I tell you, it's one of the most helpful things to think through and ponder on. And I want to say to you today, God loves you too much to neglect your soul. And part of what we're talking about today, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, is how you respond to this message of the good news of Jesus Christ determines where your soul goes. And the third point I want to point out, particularly to my fellow Christians, those who are certain of their faith in Christ, I want to say to you today, as a reminder, God cares more about your character than your comfort in this world. I'll say it again, God cares more about your character than your comfort in this world. My fellow Christians, we only grow through adversity. Faith under pressure is what forms Christian character. I'll say it again. Faith under pressure is what forms Christian character. And this season is not God being against you. It's God being for you and with you. And I want to remind you of the great words of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 67. that says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Christians, I want to remind you we are not in heaven yet. Don't trust any preacher who paints a picture otherwise. God never promised us heaven on earth. And what we need to remember is our faith as believers in Christ, is not just to get us to heaven. Our faith is to be a working faith. It is to be continually applied and active whilst we're here on earth. And that's the beauty of Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, our verse for today. It says, all that matters is faith working through love. That working is a present, active, continuing sense. It means we're going on to apply our faith in this day, in everyday life, it's not just the eternal life that we're going to get through our faith. It's that our faith has to be working in our day-to-day -day life. And so, friends, I want to remind you that faith under pressure is what forms Christian character. And so we are called in the season to go on believing the one who has secured our eternal life in our day-to-day -day life. So, in making those three statements, I want us to click the unpause button and go back to our Galatian text and weave this all together today. You must remember that this verse is a part of a letter which was written to an area in the Roman Empire called Galatia. And Paul had founded a bunch of churches in this area. And he was alarmed at what was happening in them. And he writes this letter to defend the gospel against one of its primary enemies in this world. 
Now remember, he's writing to Galatian Christians. They are, they are born again believers. They have come to faith in Christ. But what was starting to happen is they were starting to lose sight of the gospel. And Paul took this really seriously. And the way the crisis had developed in the churches of Galatia was there were a group called Judaizers who had crept in and were saying, hey man, if you want to be saved, you have to adopt a certain cultural practice and you have to follow specific rules. And uh, this is what we call legalism. Now, bear with me a moment. I'm going to unpack how this all applies to us. But the definition that I give to legalism is this. is It is attempting to live by rules to be right with God. I'll say it again. Legalism's definition is attempting to live by rules to be right with God. And that is why in our opening part of our verse today of Galatians 5 verse 6, Paul writes, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Because what these Judaizers were saying is if you want to be a Christ follower, you have to become a Jew, which required circumcision. And uh, you had to keep certain rules called the law of Moses. And uh, Paul was alarmed by this. He knew that if these Judaizers got their way in the church, the gospel was done for. You must remember this is the early church. The early church was being fashioned into what we were to emulate until Jesus comes again as the, the church moving into the centuries until Christ comes again. And if these guys got their way, we would have lost the gospel. Because what these guys are saying is the good news of Jesus Christ is not a salvation by faith, but a salvation by works or legalisms, which leads to no salvation at all. So what does that mean for you today, 2,000 years later? Well, my friend, I'll answer you like this. Do you want to know God today? Do you want a relationship with him? It is on offer, but the biggest opponent to you entering into a relationship with God is this thing called legalism. And legalism is something every human being struggles with. And I want to explain it to you like this. One day you will stand before God, as I will, and he may ask you, you know, why should I let you into my heaven? And I'll ask you today, what would your answer be in response to that? It's a hectic question, I know. Um, it's kind of a, a, a short notice question, but just give yourself... A couple of seconds. What would your answer be if you stood before God and he asked you, why should I let you into my heaven? Why should I give you eternal life? What would your answer be? Now, if it's your first time answering this question, I'm pretty sure you are going to answer, well, I've tried to be a good person or I've lived a good life. And that's commendable. That's noble. We don't want any Hitlers in the world, right? But I want to ask you, how did you determine whether your life is good before God? I'm pretty sure you said this. Well, I don't do certain things, right? I don't steal. I don't lie most of the time. I don't, and I, and I do do certain things. Like I do try to be kind and I try to help people. What's fascinating for me is when you interrogate that way of thinking around how we determine whether we are good or not as human beings is we normally have a background set of rules, right? And that's, that's been informed by our culture, by our upbringing. Uh, but we all individually have our own set of rules to determine, you know, whether we're a good person or not. And, uh, and it's determined around what we may do and what we may not do. And on the basis of how well you keep them, well, you're okay with God. Friends, that's what we call legalism. <laughs> It's no different to the Judaizers in Paul's day to our human nature in our day. And the problem with legalism is this. Its great danger is that it tells you you don't really need anybody else. 
your efforts is enough to reach God. Now, that is a huge problem for Paul because it becomes the same problem for us, might I say that, because of this is when you really start to ask yourself the question, what is God's standard of whether we are good or not? We come to an alarming answer. You see, God in the Bible calls himself good. God is good. In other words, he says his standard for goodness is himself. His perfect character, his perfect love, his perfect actions. And that's what we're going to be measured by. We're not going to be measured by our little personal set of rules. We're going to be measured by God's set of rules, which is actually his personal character himself. And when you start to see that that is the measure of goodness according to God, the gap in your mind as you start to realize that grows bigger and bigger, and you realize the chasm is infinite between what we are able to keep in terms of our own capacity for goodness, which is far from perfect if anybody's honest here, right? Compared to God's, we're in trouble. And friends, legalism fools us into thinking we can do certain things to be right with God. It's impossible, my friend. The gospel, the good news is this, is that God worked himself down through Jesus Christ to reach us. So that Jesus came and lived a life we were meant to live. He emulated the character of God, his perfect love, his perfect actions, his perfect person. He met that. And by doing so, and offering up himself for us, the gospel said this, you cannot work your way to God in your own effort. You need to have faith in another. That's why Paul says all that matters is faith. You got to start there. Faith working in love. Faith in who? Faith in the one who has bridged the gap. His name is Jesus. And as you put your trust in him, in him, you meet God's standard. In him, you are able to have peace with God. In him, you are able to have righteousness before God. In him, you are safe. In him, you are saved. That's the good news, is God has bridged the gap in his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now, I want to take it one step further today and say, if that's you today, if you can recognize what I've just said in the gap, have you responded and put your faith in Jesus? Have you come to a place in your life where you say, I'm dependent not on myself, that's legalism. I'm dependent on Jesus, which is faith. Have you made that step? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I want to encourage you to do that right now in your heart to say, Jesus, I'm trusting no one else except what you have done for me as my means of rescue. But I want to shift gears a little bit. If that's you, you, you keep chewing on that for a moment and you do business with God. But Christians, this is just as dangerous for us, this thing called legalism, as it is for the not yet believer. Remember, Paul is writing in this letter to the Galatians, he's writing to believers, those who have started well in the gospel but are starting to stray into something else, which is a confidence before God because of works, because of what we do, not in whom we've believed. Now, I want to make this very practical for us, not just for our church, but any Christian listening in today. Guys, it is so easy to be confused around our faith and reducing our Christian faith to something that we merely do. Uh, every church has its own sort of culture, has its own sort of lingo, has its own form of systems. Um, Christianity can easily become a ritual and routine thing. 
and we can lose sight of the one that we are dependent on and that we are called to fellowship with. His name is Jesus. And we can replace him with systems and rituals and things that, that we can actually do without any need for him. That's some crazy thing. And, you know, I was thinking about our church. If you come to SPC, you know, you go to the church and you've got your seat, right? You know exactly where you sit. You've got your area. You know, Kerry's going to come up after a great song led by the worship team, which is generally maybe a Hillsong song. You sit down and Kerry does the announcements. And then you will then um, get through the first awkward moment, which is the giving of the offering bag going on in the first song of worship. You'll sing three or four songs and then you'll get to the preach. You maybe have coffee after the service. You'll go home, you go to your midweek meeting. And if it's been a good week, maybe you've read some of your Bible, you've prayed a bit. You can talk the lingo, you know the culture, you know how to dress, you know how to fit in. Everything's great. And you know, the crazy thing about that is, is you can just keep doing that over and over and over again and think you're fine. But the essence of our faith, which is a person, Jesus, and a relationship with him, and our dependency of living off him, becomes further and further into the background. And the scary thing is we can replace a system of doing things as Christians for the person that saved us. Now, the blessing of this coronavirus, can I say, or the side effect is this, is all of that is being stripped away, not so. No church service today in our normal spots. No normal midweek uh, cell group. No uh, culture to kind of feel like you're a part of and a certain lingo that you can speak. What is left? And I want to ask you the question today. If you strip all of it away, what is left as the essence of your faith? My friends, this is the blessing of God for each one of us to take a step back and say, where is my relationship with Jesus? I was saved to follow a person, not a system. I was saved to be in a love relationship with a, with a person called Jesus who speaks to me by the Spirit and talks to me daily, that I get to experience close to me in His presence, that I get to live off and abide in and enjoy. Friends, that's what the Christian faith is. It is faith in a person, Jesus, being worked and expressed out in love. And so I want to ask you today lovingly, like I am myself, what is left when all of this external stuff is stripped away? Friends, if you are a bit discouraged and saying, I don't really see much, Matt. I don't see much left in my relationship with Jesus. I'm really shaken. I don't have my normal friends around me. I don't have my normal church service. That's a reality. But I want to say, what do you have left in Jesus? Is he there? If there's no relationship with Jesus, then you fall into the first category. You've got to come to faith in Jesus as the only confidence for your salvation. Don't put the cart before the donkey. Come to faith in him. Put your trust in him. Enter into a relationship with him. Ah, but for those who may be left with saying, no, I do have a relationship with Jesus, but you know, when all this is stripped away, I don't have much. That's a great place to be because you know where you can start to build. And today, my friend, I want to say to you, make the most of this lockdown. Jesus is in the room with you. He's in your heart by the Spirit. You pour out your intimate love relationship to him. That's what you work on in this season, is you express your faith to him through a relational love. Don't let it be substituted by anything else. Everything else is an outworking of the primary love we have for Jesus. And I want to touch on that, but the very last point is this. Is, do you notice then, if you really think about what I'm saying today and what Paul's saying is, we don't have to live by rules. You're right, we don't. We're not saved by rules. We're not saved by our works. But then the question is, does anything go? Can I do anything and still just enjoy my salvation? Well, I say no because of this. Paul does add in a very last word in this scripture that I shared with you today in Galatians 5 or 6. He says, 
All that matters is faith working through love. And if you want a law to live by, it is to be the law of love. All that matters is faith working through love. What does that mean? Well, in our church, we unpack it in three dimensions. Is as we believe in Jesus, we go on working that faith out by asking ourselves these three questions. The first is this is, in everything we're doing, we ask the question, is this pleasing to you, God? Is this something that is in line with your character and your word? That's what we call loving up. That's what we call worship. Is my life pleasing to you right now, God, in everything that I'm doing and saying? I want it to line up with you. That's the first way we work it out, our faith through love. The second way we work out our faith through love is we realize this is not just an individual faith. Is we have a community of believers that are called family in Christ. We have brothers and sisters in Christ. And the joy of being a Christian is to have a family that is global. And you can go to any nation across the world and you'll find fellow believers in Christ. But let's just make them more closer to home today. Is that there are our fellow Christians around you. And the question we've got to ask ourselves in working out this love towards our fellow believers is, how can I be a blessing? How can I serve those that are on journey with Jesus with me. That's what we call loving in as a church. In our thinking for the day, in our prayer life, in our practical time, in what's on our heart and mind, we intentionally think through, how can I serve and be a blessing to my brothers and sisters in Christ? That's loving in. The last dimension I want to leave with you is this is, guys, there are people who have yet to discover this glorious good news. And Jesus gave us the golden rule, which was this, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's what we call loving out. And if you really understand the gospel, Matt Johnson, if you really understand the gospel and that you understand the human race has souls like myself and yourself, and that the greatest thing that can happen to a person is they can meet Jesus and experience him as Lord and Savior. That's what's got to be in our minds. Behind everything we're doing is as ambassadors for Jesus saying, guys, We've got a message to give and a savior to offer that is mind-blowing. It is great news that we have to give to this world and this world needs it more now than ever before. And so let's work out our faith, holding to Jesus as we've trusted him for eternity. Let's trust him in our day-to-day life and let's work it out in these three dimensions of life. Let's pray. Father, today, at the beginning, I said we wanted to work on two groups today. And I want to pray for those that maybe for the first time have understood the gospel. Lord, you know that understanding the gospel is not enough. We have to respond to it. And so today, Lord, I pray for anybody here who has seen their need for Jesus for the first time. They've understood they can't work their way to him. But that you've worked your way to us in Jesus. And you're offering Christ to be the means of salvation by faith. I pray. If that is you today, would you say, Jesus, I'm trusting you as my Lord and Savior. Would you say that to me? You say, forgive me for that sin that has separated from separated me from you. Would you come and bridge the gap through what Jesus did on the cross for me? I believe in him and I trust him as my only hope. Would you say that to Jesus now? And secondly, for those of us, Lord, who are, have been Christ followers, Lord, the most dangerous position to fall into as a Christian is to fall into legalism where we just think that doing things makes us secure before you. We actually, Lord, our security comes from Christ. And the outworking of our faith is to enjoy what it means to be on mission with Jesus, to eat of him, to drink of him daily, to find him through the routines of life and to live from him and what he's done for us. I pray, God, might our, our hearts 
and minds be marinated in this gospel in the days ahead. And might we find ourselves stronger than ever before on the outside of this corona crisis, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to bring your attention to three things. Um, Matt's message was super encouraging, so right for the time. And uh, one of the things Matt said in his message is for those who have never given their lives to the Lord, this is an opportunity to do that. And if you did do that in the message, uh, we have this link available uh, where we would love you to go and fill that in so that we can give you a call in the week. We'd love to follow up with you, uh, chat through uh, your decision with you, as this is really the greatest thing uh, that could ever have happened to you in your lives. Secondly, uh, those who maybe have a testimony of God's goodness or even just a prayer request, um, we have a link for that as well. Um, and we'd love to share those things with the church uh, before our services and online. Uh, but also if you have something that we can pray for, uh, for you, uh, just click on this link and fill in the details and someone will uh, be in contact with you if we need to. And then lastly, uh, we have this worship link available. Um, please, uh, with you and your families, uh, go to this link and use it to worship. Um, whether it's now after the service or later in the day or even before next week, um, we really encourage you to worship. Kerry and I uh, worshipped on Friday with this link and it was such an encouragement to ready us for what the Lord wanted to do in this weekend. Church, uh, we encourage you to uh, spread the love of the Lord with the people around you uh, online and with phone calls uh, in this lockdown period. Uh, but yeah, let's continue to be the church. Even if we can't be meet together, uh, we can still show God's love to the people around us. Love you, SBC.